This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Hello there and welcome to the Bite Size Business Breakfast. It is a Tuesday, the 13th of December and a very busy news day for you today. What have we got? Well, first up, we're going to dive into the new city plan 2040 announced by His Highness Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid. And we're going to get some expert analysis on that. Then what have we got? Salary survey. Good news. We're all getting a pay rise next year. Bad news. It's only 2%. That's much less than inflation. Trevor Murphy. His outfit, Cooper Fitch, are the ones behind this salary survey. We'll hear from him in depth. What else? Next, uh, talking real estate with Scott Bond of Property Find, a fascinating interview. Scott only moved to the UAE a few months ago from Seattle in the United States. So interesting to get his compare and contrast take. What's happening in the US? What's happening in the UAE? And finally, a real Dubai success story. Gary Dugan, longtime friend of the Business Breakfast, has just sold his company to Dalma Capital down in DIFC. We're going to get the story from Gary Dugan. All that to come. First up, though, let's jump into those big business stories. Did you see that rather worrying text message we got a little earlier on? Um, Richard Dean. I'm devastated. Yeah. I know what you're talking about, Sanjay. Yeah. Sanjay, say it ain't so. Apparently, uh, our beloved uh, and an icon of the food and beverage industry here, <laughs> Fuddruckers, has closed. Not a question of closing or anything like that. You know, not, you've got three weeks to go and get your last, what do we have, used to have down there? I, oh, chicken Caesar was chicken always mine. Caesar, yeah. It was like a, it was like a vat of it, wasn't it? It, <laughs> it was, was the, yes. the largest portion you've ever seen. So it came in a bucket. <laughs> oh, a bucket of Caesar, please, mate. Uh, hold the croutons. Uh, uh, yeah, apparently it's closed. And apparently Sanjay says the building is to be demolished as well. Um, he also started his career on that strip of um, offices as well. Sanjay, you've just completely ruined Christmas for me and Tom. <laughs> so just to recap, we were chatting earlier on about, and I have no idea why. Uh, I was just we're giving, trying to get, it was all about getting across roads, wasn't it? We, 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 that's exactly what we're talking about. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Jaywalking. Yeah. Um, we, so uh, just to recap, Tom and I, 20 odd years ago, used to work at a publishing company based in Gahood. So, and the reference we were giving you, we were above Fuddruckers. You know, as you drive down to Sharjah, mm. Fuddruckers is on your right, Deera City Centre on your left, and we were above Fuddruckers yeah. uh, 20 years ago. And we used to walk across Shakeside Road <laughs> to go to Deera City Centre for lunch to get meatballs. Uh. I, I can't believe we did it. Yeah. But we did. Um, and we were, and then we we're reminiscing about Fuddruckers. But Sanjay writes in saying it's closed and they're demolishing the building. Mm. And I've just been on the Fuddruckers website. I know. I'm sad. I should get out more. But he's absolutely right. Uh, Was that the only one? No. Oh. Um, so it's still on the website. Uh, ground for Samhan building. That's the one, yeah. But... Uh, in Garhud in Dubai, but no, he says he's gone. So Jamira One, it's still there apparently. Uh, backside Spinney Supermarket, Very it good. says on the website. Yeah. And I went to one in in Abu Dhabi a couple of weeks ago. No, you know when we were there, right? Yeah, yeah, in Al Watamal. And again, I'm not endorsing any brands here. This is not a uh, whatever. But yeah, but they had one there. Really close to the hotel we were Love staying. That. So I went for Love the that. bucket of chicken <laughs> <laughs> Um 
Just on that one, and Chris, thank you very much to you as well for your text messages saying communities like the ranches, ranches too, to Mac Hills are isolated by roads and they need more pedestrian overbridges to connect them. Few footpaths exist linking communities to in rural areas. It's designed for cars. Yeah, just one of the challenges, I think, Chris, that um, the urban planners here are facing is they want to try and pedestrian or make the city more pedestrian friendly. But just on the point of Sanjay making uh, sad news about Fuddruckers, but Building to be demolished. I mean, that was a building alongside other buildings in a <laughs> yes. very built-up part of the city, dearer side of the city, um, just opposite, across from dearer city centre. But I wonder whether we're getting to this point now where developers are having to look at these, because that would have been, building would have been, what, 40 years, 50 years yeah, maybe? Maybe 70s, maybe early 80s. Yeah. yeah. So obviously a choice is now made. Can we retrofit? Can we, uh, is it fit for purpose? But equally, going about the demolishing thing, we're just going to see massive regeneration in that area, we're not? We are. Yeah, buildings come to the end of their economic life, and there's a lot of them in that part of town, Budabai, Dira, and, the, yeah, someone's going to make a decision that actually the, the plot of land that it's on is worth more than the building, mm. and therefore, economically, it makes sense to knock it down. And, and I think we're going to be in that phase and it will be interesting. And we've got this, you know, joking apart, we've got this new 2040 plan unveiled by His Highness Sheikh Mohammed yesterday in his capacity as ruler of Dubai. And it's it's really interesting what's going to happen to these, what you would call brownfield sites. Mm. What's going to happen to, to the regeneration? And we've got uh, Mahmoud Saad joining us in about, well, only about half an hour's time, haven't we? Yeah, exactly. Um, Mahmoud's going to come in. So if you've got any questions with regards to um, the Dubai 2040 Urban Master Plan, get them in to us now. And in fact, we can hear from Dan Richards on it as well. He's Senior Economist at Emirates MBD. He's been looking at it from a, from a macroeconomic perspective. It's a 2040 Urban Master Plan. One of the things is that Sheikh Mohammed says he wants it to be a 20-minute city where you can get basically anywhere and anything in 20 minutes. Economically, how significant is this? Here's Dan. From a macroeconomics perspective, I think there are a number of important takeaways from the WAM statement and the plan itself. Firstly, the government clearly remains committed to sizable population growth with the development of the various city hubs under the 2040 plan, which will boost the economy over the coming years. And in order to do this, there will be ongoing investment in new infrastructure, providing jobs and opportunities in all manner of sectors. Crucially, though, I think it is a commitment to increasing the livability of Dubai outlined in the statement that will continue to encourage growth, alongside the ongoing reforms around visas and business and social laws, which will all contribute to Dubai retaining its edge against competitors and encouraging people to move here. Dan Richard there, Senior Economist at Emirates MBD. This is the Bite Size Business Breakfast, exclusively on DubaiEye1038.com. Talking salaries now on the Business Breakfast. Trevor Murphy is with us in the studio from the recruitment firm Cooper Fitch. Morning, Trevor. Uh, morning, Richard. Your salary survey for next year is out. The good news, we're all going to get a pay rise. The bad news, just 2%. What's the story? Look, I think we're, we're quite surprised on the overall that it's only 2%. I think, um, and particularly coming off such a busy recruitment year, we're definitely pre-COVID numbers across 95% of all sectors that we operate in. I think that this is coming from 300 organisations that are based here. So this is a lot data. of people that you've spoken yeah, to. It's a lot of organisations coming in, so uh, coming in uh, from a data point of view. So I just think that there are, you know, 
Just a little bit maybe of minimizing of cost. You know, I know we talk a lot about the you know, individual cost of living and inflation prices. The cost of doing business here is also going up. And um, this is coming directly from organizations, you know, and, and we're, we're uh, reflecting that data back in our survey. This is a pay cut, Trevor. Inflation is about 6% at the moment in the UAE. It's not as high as America. Yep. It's not as high as Europe. But the central bank says it's 5.6, about 6%. So in real terms, a 2% pay rise is a real terms pay cut. It's certainly uh, leaving less money in the bank to do what you need to do on a daily, weekly basis. So for sure, right? But salaries never, ever line up with inflation, right? In, in my 20 years working in recruitment, they never keep lined up. So when you've got very low inflation, but the economy is going very well, that's a bigger drive. In, in my opinion, that's a bigger drive for salary increases. But uh, the premise I agree with, it's going to, it's going to be a, maybe a slightly tighter year as, as inflation has been high this year. Maybe slightly, maybe slightly less for next year, but let's see. How can companies get away with this? We hear so much about the war for talent at the moment, globally and indeed here in the UAE. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you're an employer and you're only giving your staff a 2% pay rise Mm -hmm. when inflation is 6%, is your competitor next door and the guy down next door from that not going to be offering them, okay, well, I'll give you 10% more, and poaching them? Are we seeing more poaching happening and, and, and people moving jobs? Yeah, look, uh, all ships don't rise in the same tide, right? So you, in, in any sector, in any given sector, you will have organisations that are doing slightly better or better than their competitors, and they will pay a little bit more. And this 2% is a very, it's an average of averages, right? So um, we're seeing a, we are seeing a war for talent, Um one of the things that I've, we found very surprising is nearly 20% of respondents said that they will decrease salaries next year. In the current market, um, we find that extraordinary. So, so you get a lot of organizations. It's, it's, it's not your beautiful curve, uh, bell curve in terms of where success lies. So you get a lot of organizations that are still struggling out here, still struggling to uh, operate in their market, to do well, to sell well, and to pay well. And then you've got a lot of organizations that are in the mid-curve and then a a lot of organizations in the high end. Can we talk about page six of your report? The headline is Bonus Outlook. It's the middle of December. What is the outlook for bonuses? And so I think overall quite positive um, with over 70% of organizations looking to pay uh, bonuses this year. So that's, that's healthy. It's probably um, very similar to last year. Um, and probably overall, I think it's, it's, a, it's a positive indicator. What we've also seen is the, the organizations that maybe aren't paying bonus pools this year are more likely to increase salaries slightly higher. So that's overall, that's it. As a positive uh, uptick. We should clarify that Cooper Fitch, your organisation, yes. tends to work in the, in the higher level, doesn't it? Yes, You're yeah. at director level or C-suite level. Yeah, exactly, yeah. What would be the typical salary that we're talking about? Yeah, so, I mean, um, anywhere between kind of uh, 50 to 60 up to, up to CEO level. Okay, so, fine. So yeah. we're at quite a high level. Yeah, we then. are. It's, it's, it's indicative of what's happening in the organisation, but it's at the higher end yeah. level. Yeah, for but sure. But that, that's yeah. your universe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can we talk about packages? Tom and I were chatting earlier on, weren't we, Tom, about this, this kind of theory, unproven that we have, that organisations – 
at, at the level you're talking about, attending to hire younger single people because they don't have the three kids and yeah. you don't have to pay the medical insurance for, you know, five or six people. Anecdotally, you're hearing that as well, aren't you, Tom? Yeah, you sort of hear it about it behind the scenes. I don't, you know, um, we challenge any company to come here and say, that's our policy, that's what we're doing at the moment. No yeah. one's going to do that. No. Is there anything to back that up or not? Yeah, I, I, I would, um, certainly a factor, mm. right? It's probably, it's probably not the first, second or third most important factor, but, but it's, it's certainly a factor. And I mean, we're not a, you know, we, we, we've, I've come on for mm. many years on, on the show and I'm, we're, we're not we're not a hardship zone anymore, right? So, you know, education being paid for by employers, um, and um, maybe to a, to a lesser extent, kind of a family visa and family medical. Those things are 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 slowly winding down. Is anyone getting beach club membership these days? Very few beach club <laughs> membership, Richard. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, look, everyone, everybody wants to come here. Like, the, 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 and 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 we're seeing more and more people are just arriving here, sometimes with families. Well, we spoke to. I mean, you know, just before you were here, Scott Bond, Tom, you were talking to him from Property Finder, came from Seattle's tech scene. Moved here in late March with his family. Exactly yeah. that, yeah, 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 and has now become, you know, a great advocate of everything that's going on in the real estate market. Here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Look, I, I think it's um, next year, from a recruitment point of view, looks very, very busy. You know, UE forecasted to grow better, higher, and stronger than any other GCC country, and we're seeing that in terms of recruitment plans being laid out for next year now. Finally, what about Saudi Arabia, land of milk and honey? Can you? Double your salary by moving to Riyadh or Neon. <clears throat> um, you can certainly significantly increase it by moving into moving to more remote locations. Very, very surprisingly, we're only seeing a just over three percent increase in Saudi and salaries. Mm. We've seen two back to back, maybe even three back to back, strong years of growth, significant growth, a mid to high mid to high single digit growth in salaries in the last three years in Saudi. Uh, and, and where else is the hotspot? UAE is clearly, I would say clearly, I think it is the most attractive market in the region to live in terms of a yes. lifestyle destination. Yeah. But in terms of salaries, Qatar is that back on the radar now? Um, it just doesn't have the breadth of. Uh, of uh, projects and, uh, and opportunities that Saudi has. Saudi's going to be the hottest recruitment market in the world next year. That's a bold statement. Yeah. That's why you're here. Trevor, good <laughs> talking to you. Thanks, mate. Appreciate you getting up you're early. You're very welcome. Trevor Murphy is the founder of Cooper Fitch, the recruitment firm. He's also the chief operating officer as ever, Trevor. Lovely to speak to you. Appreciate Thanks, it. Richard. Enjoy your holiday. You're going yeah, back to Ireland, aren't you? Yeah, back to Ireland. Yeah, Enjoy that, mate. Thanks, Richard. Catch up on the business headlines with the Bite Size Business Breakfast. First approaching the end of the year, an opportunity for us to look back on the year that was, look ahead to the year that could be as well. I think one of the themes of 2022 has, of course, been the buoyancy, uh, the boom in the real estate and property markets here. Certainly, was one of the headlines at the beginning of 2022. And it looks, according to the data, that the end of the year is going to be much the same. Property Finder data suggesting that November has seen yet again sales transaction recording a remarkable uh, record performances. Uh, is that the case? Well, let's find out from the UA Country Manager, uh, Property Finder. Scott Bond joins us live here in studio. Scott, really appreciate your time this morning. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Um, listen, uh, the data the data don't, don't lie. The data never lies as well. What was November like data-wise? Yeah, so uh, you're right. Numbers don't 
July. And uh, to go back to what you said earlier, which is we've kind of looked at the entire year and I think everybody's kind of been looking and saying, you know, when is this going to slow down? And it just doesn't. Um, so when we take a look at the the actual data from the month of November, uh, we actually saw about 11,000 total transactions, which in itself is a big number. But when you look at that, it was up 60% year over year. So 60% more transactions from a year ago, uh, which we knew uh, end of 2021 started to heat up as well. When we also take a look at the total transaction you know, value, uh, we saw about a little over $30 billion Durham's worth of transactions. Again, huge number, but that number is up 70% year over year. So the market just continues to, to escalate. And I think, you know, for the last, you know, six to nine months, everybody's kind of sitting around saying, you know, when is it going to slow down? When's the other shoe going to drop? And it just doesn't at this point in time. Uh, so it's an exciting place uh, to be right now in the property market. I mean, projections wise, will we see a little bit of a tail off, certainly for a December end of the year, January, traditionally quite quiet? Yeah, you know, if you look at traditional seasonality, you know, the the history says, you know, okay, we, we should start to see a little bit of a slowdown. But I think it's hard to still predict that right now because, like I said, we've been talking about this supposed slowdown for a while, and we're just not seeing it at this point in time. And I think everything that's happening in the world, I heard you guys talking earlier about, you know, pending recessions either in the UK and the US, um, obviously the war, everything that's going on says – okay, when are we going to feel it? But we just have not at this point in time. So I think, again, you go back to, you know, will we see a slowdown at some point? Sure, it's inevitable. We're on this massive hill. Um, at the same time, when, you know, uh, that's where we all wish we had that crystal ball. And in terms of the demand, there's obviously demand out there. We know there's demand, the supply-demand issues uh, at present as well. Developers trying to catch up with that one. But is this pretty much across the board? Is this off-plan? Is this villas? Is this apartments, etc.? Is there yeah. is there appetite for all? There really is. Uh, you know, however, in the month of November, we did see uh, a record number of off-plan transactions. So where we saw, you know, and actually we saw that in October as well. So the last few months, the trend has been there in off-plan, which is really exciting. The developers are putting forth amazing projects and, uh, you know, there, there's demand in these communities, whether you want to be in a green community, you want to be in a community that's family friendly, you want to be in an area where, you know, there's more of an, uh, a dense urban living uh, space as well. Um, however, you know, we continue to see it everywhere. Another example is, you know, annual rental contracts were up, I believe, 11% uh, in the month of November as well. So not only are people purchasing off-plan at a higher rate, but we're also seeing more rental contracts than ever. And it's pretty safe to say everything is up for the most part um, and in the majority of the same communities uh, that we always hear about. And obviously, I'm in a question you get and your team gets asked all the time. You know, you've got your hands on the data. You've got your finger on the pulse of that data. When's it going to end? How long is this going to last? I mean, impossible to call at the moment yeah. with what's going on. But are you bullish about 23? <laughs> I am. I am. And I'm not saying that just because I'm, I'm paid to say I'm bullish. I actually am <laughs> bullish. Um, and, you know, I think, that, again, there, there's there's reasons that we have to look at, right? Uh, look at the, the region continues to thrive. Uh, Post-pandemic, this is the place that everybody has decided to move to and want to be at. Um, the World Cup going on right now has brought in a tremendous amount of people into the UAE, um, and specifically Dubai, to get to test out the region and, and see what's happening around here. Um, the weather, the tax-free benefits, uh, golden visa, green visa. I mean, I can go on for days. So there are a few places in the world, I think, that are doing so much to attract people here, to people to their region, um, like the UAE does, and specifically Dubai. And when that stops, I think we might see a, a slowdown. But 
until then, you know, it's hard to say that it's not going to be a place that people are going to continue to want to come to and transactions should continue to rise. I'm glad that you're, you're with us, Scott, because uh, we were just chatting off air there, you know, that you're fairly new to the region yeah. as well. Um, and therefore, you bring an international perspective yeah. to the, and obviously having worked over in the United States, the majority of your career in PropTech uh, and uh, other industries. But what is it? about this place at the moment? Why are we seeing so much interest when the rest of the world is, by all accounts, not? Yeah, so, you know, I moved here at the end of March, uh, came, you know, from the United States. uh, And uh, people say, Scott, you must have had a crystal ball at that point in time, because everything started to slow down completely about the time I left. I don't want to say it was a coincidence that it happened that way, (laughs) but I'm just saying the timing happened that way. Uh, You know, but what was really interesting is you saw the slowdown all of a sudden start to hit in the United States. And then you know, we've seen the slowdown start to hit in the UK over the last couple months as well. Those two massive economies say to us, okay, the rest of the world's probably going to start to feel it as well. There's going to be a little bit of a swooping effort, if you will. But again, when you take a look at all the things that are done uh, you know, in this country um, and in these emirates to, to keep people happy, to keep people to want to stay, you hear people say all the time, uh, you know, I've been here for five years. I think I might do one more year. Mm. And then you talk to those same, same people five more years from now, and they're like, well, for the last however many years, I've been saying one more year. And that story holds true because it's a hard place to leave. You take a look at the policies, take a look at the weather, you take a look at the tax-free benefits. You take a look at, you know, ease of life. You know, there are a few places in the world, I think, that have this ease of life. And as a result of that, people continue to want to be around. And um, and then on top of it, too, we're seeing people who have been renting for a really long time that are finally hitting that seven, eight, ten year mark. And they're like, you know what? I think I'm going to be here for a while. Now I'm going to buy. And, you know, that's also fueling a lot of transactions as well. So, um, yeah. So, you know, like I said, it, I, I gush a little bit about the region. Because I think that you know people who um, are have not been here are looking at it from the outside. They don't quite know, mm. you know, how how great of a place it is, and um, it just it's an exciting place to be because of all these reasons that we outline. Very kind of you to come in here uh, this morning and talk so positively about uh, the market at the moment. Uh, all the best for the Christmas and New Year period for you and Thank your you. family, Scott. And of course, we will definitely be touching base in 23. But for now, thanks for joining us. I look forward to being back. Thanks, gentlemen. Take thanks to Scott Bond, who is the UA uh, Country Manager for Property Finder here in the region. Big thanks to Scott for joining us live in studio. This is the Business Breakfast. Just the highlights. This is the Bite Size Business Breakfast. Talking takeovers now, welcoming an old friend friend back into the Business Breakfast studio. Gary Dugan is the Chief Investment Officer of Dalma Capital. Gary, good to see you. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, good morning. So here's the backstory. Um, you spent many years being a Chief Investment Officer for some of the world's biggest banks. I first met you in London at Merrill Lynch, I think, was it about 15 years ago? Um, and you lived in Dubai for a long time with various banks here. And then you moved to Singapore and set up a company called the Global CIO Office, an independent outsourced chief investment officer services business. And here's the thing, you've just sold it. You were based in Singapore, you sold it to a Dubai-based company, down the capital, and now you're back. In your own words, tell us the story. Well, to me, there was always a huge opportunity for an independent voice in markets. Um, You know, when I was working for some of those big banks, I would say particularly in London, you weren't always able to tell people the absolute truth. I always wanted to tell the truth, but not the absolute truth, because clearly when you're running a big investment bank, you want everyone to put a positive gloss on things. 
And I really, you know, you've talked about Merrill Lynch. In that period, 2007 to 2009, I was initially kind of asked not to be so negative, and then eventually they caved. But that experience ended up sending me to the Middle East. Here in the Middle East, I just found a lot of institutions here would love to have a CIO who could contribute to the investment conversation, but couldn't always afford a full one. So the concept of outsourced CIO services, you can have one 10%, 20% of the time, you can keep your costs down, and we, we can contribute very good quality CIOs into your investment conversation. So you set the business up in, in Singapore, and, and you'd worked there previously as well, hadn't you? Was it with, again, another Bulge back, coots. Coots, I think it was. Yeah, Singapore. yeah exactly. Years, yeah. You work, yeah. You work for, the, for, the, for the big guys. Um, but now you're back in Dubai and you've sold it to Dalma Capital. We know the guys at Dalma Capital. They're based down in DIFC. So what have they bought? Well, they bought um, a concept, but also a dream. Um, they bought into the idea that this can contribute not just here to the economy in the UAE with uh, helping out small and medium-sized wealth managers, but also that Dubai has become, you know, the, to me, the preeminent hub when you're looking at a global ambition. So we can sell this concept we already have into Europe. And we're not, you know, a six-hour flight away from servicing those clients. We can continue to service the clients that we have in Singapore. I get up very early in the morning, and I'm on calls with my Singapore and Hong Kong-based clients, um, you know, at six, seven o'clock. So this is a great hub for this business, and it's also got the labour market flexibility. And I like to hear as an employer now that salaries are only going up at two percent. That keeps my costs <laughs> down. But you know, for me, this is a great hub, and I'm now backed by a, a great company with great ambition. It's interesting. Uh, Tom, the, um, Gary's the third person we've had this morning, and certainly by half past seven, telling us how brilliant Dubai is and what a magnet for talent it is. We had Scott Bond, great guy, uh, debut on the Business Breakfast. He's with Property Finder. He's a prop tech guy. We had Trevor Murphy, the recruitment guy, saying the same thing. And you're saying the same thing as well. How has Dubai changed in the three or four years since you've lived here, would you say? I think it's just the um, credibility. I mean, to be honest, you know, Dubai and the broad UAE has always had, you know, if you lived here, you understood the story. You felt there was a lot of credible here, credible people here, and a lot of uh, business that could be done. It's just the rest of the world had a bit of an angle that it wasn't the best of the places to have a business. That changed. And I think the change happened during COVID when this was one of the few places that was open for business. Everyone came here to do business because they could get in and out unencumbered uh, by a, a massive protocols that uh, were, were bogging things down. So, you know, I spent a couple of years in Singapore where I could literally not leave my home. And, we, and in Singapore, you couldn't recruit the people that you wanted. So if those are two things that as businessmen just don't help. They stop you in your ambition. Here, they want to encourage your ambition. That is a tremendously different attitude. So in terms of your, your client base, who is a client of the, the CIO office? Who is using an outsourced chief investment officer? It's not going to be your, your Barclays and your Goldman Sachs, is it? So who is it? No, it's further down the line. So I say there's three um, sources of clients. Single family offices who maybe, you know, again, don't want to have a full-time uh, CIO and we just want the contribution of a pretty senior one with good ideas uh, for one or two hours a week. 
The second one is multifamily offices. So it's normally a couple of bankers who've left one of the big bulge bracket names. They set up a, an office. They go, oh, you know what? We've got no investment ex expertise in here. Where do we go and find it and keep our, our costs flexible? And the third element is small wealth management businesses who have, you know, maybe some aspects of their business needs covering with some investment expertise. You know, so in uh, Singapore, I look after some multi-asset portfolios for small wealth management businesses. So even just amongst those small opportunities, there's a huge market to be exploited and where people are literally calling me um, on a regular basis saying, can you help? Well, I get that, but they're calling you. How do you scale a business like this? And this will be a challenge that a lot of consultancies face here in the UAE. Yes, the principle is smart, experienced, high profile, much in demand, as, as you are. But there's only one Gary Dugan. How, how do you hire a team and make your clients in Hong Kong or Brussels happy that it's not Gary Dugan on the call? It's someone else. That's not easy, is it? It's not easy. And uh, yes, you're absolutely right. People are attracted because they've known me from the past. You know, 40 years of the market. I, th I think I've still got quite a few friends out there. So, uh, yeah, you've got to move it on from that conversation. That's why, you know, I, I actually almost like the idea of Dalmar Capital Global CI Office. It's not Gary Dugan Global CI Office. We have to uh, spread the news that we are more than one person. We're a team of people. That team will grow. That expertise will be in there. But I'm very determined to bring in, you know, true subject matter experts, not just cheap staff that come in and you try and train them up quickly. For certain, there's room for a lot of junior staff to help us in our journey, but we need true expertise. So that will be experienced investment professionals supporting me and hopefully becoming me over the course of the next five to 10 years. But that doesn't come cheap, does it? It doesn't, but the, the opportunity out there is massive. You know, when we write a ticket now, we're aiming at, you know, $100,000 to $250,000 for one relationship with a client. That is going to comfortably cover the cost of setting up one other CIO in the office and giving them the full support of the office. A couple of final questions. Uh, we know the guys at Dalma Capital. We've spoken to the CEO. I think the last time we spoke to him, he was setting up a cryptocurrency uh, venture. What are your thoughts on crypto at the moment? We've just heard within the past three hours that SBF, Sam Bankman-Fried, has been arrested by uh, the, the police in the Bahamas. What are your thoughts on crypto as a CIO? Well, if you go back over an extended period of time, this is a, call it an asset class. I know people don't like to say that, but it's gone through boom bust before. We're at a bust and we're clearing out all the chaff. We're clearing out the retail money that should never have been there. Uh, but there is opportunity. That would be me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was me as well in a certain way. Um, you know, so there's, um, there's, there's been a clear out. We're getting back to the true basics. You can't dismiss the basics. You know, the backbone of the way in which the world will transact in the future is not going to be through cash payments. It's not necessarily going to be through the banking system. It will be in a different way. So crypto is still very relevant. But by the way, there is money to be made in the market. I think Dalmar Capital done very well this year by just arbitraging the market rather than being directional and just saying it's going to go up and I'm going to just hold my positions. I wish I knew what that meant. But anyway, <laughs> good on you, Gary. It's nice to have you back in Dubai. Thanks very much indeed. We'll speak again. Gary Dugan, Chief Investment Officer, Dalma Capital, just sold his company, the Global CI Office, to Dalma Capital here in Dubai. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.